DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examined Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. The Daily Prayer of Discernment, the Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Thanks, Chris. We're towards the end of the process of the examine, but is there really an end? Well, I've called the examine several times the um, the prayer of spiritual progress or the cutting edge, because as long as our life in this world goes on, there never will be an end, because God never stops working. Of course, the the tempter who is um, whose power is very very is nothing compared to the power of the Lord also tries to discourage and dishearten, and so. As long as we live a prayer of spiritual awareness, of really getting in touch with where God is and where temptation and desolation might be in the course of a day is always going to be valuable for us. But we had gotten as far as the um, the final step, which is the forward-looking step in the exam. And having looked back over the day, if I'm praying it this evening, for example, I now, in the light of what I've seen, look forward to the next day and uh, with some sense of where the Lord is leading me to grow, to respond to him in the, the coming day. I'll just give maybe one more example of that. This was a couple of years ago when I was writing one of the books. Had a few months to do that. Was living with a religious community in one of our large cities. And as you can probably imagine, the, the life of a writer during those months is quite often solitary. Uh, you mm-hmm. spend many hours alone thinking, writing, preparing and the the rhythm that I had during those weeks was the same every day, basically uh, early start, some prayer in the morning, early start in the writing throughout the morning into the early afternoon, and roughly at some point in the later afternoon, I would go and get a walk for exercise or whatever errands needed to be done and on one of these days, decided that um, I would walk down to the cathedral in this city, which was maybe twenty twenty five minute walk away from where I was writing. Simply did that. Stopped in the church, prayed for maybe 10 minutes in the church. A very nice experience of prayer. Beautiful church, the witness of other people also there praying, going to confession, some beautiful artwork, sacred artwork in the church. And that evening, praying the examine, thought back to that moment in the afternoon. And Um, thought back to that lifting of the heart as I'd been there in the cathedral. In Ignatian terms, that was an experience of spiritual consolation, of an uplift of heart and joy in the Lord. And realized what a contrast that was to the sense of feeling too alone that could be there at times after a, um, a long day of much of it solitary and then taking a walk on my own like that. The instant difference that I felt when I walked into that church 
and stopped before the Blessed Sacrament and just all the different inspiring things that were there. And out of that decided, well, if that was helpful once, why not do it other times? And that became a pattern for me to to look for as much as possible anyway, given uh, wherever I was, if I was going to go out walking to look for a church like that, so that the walk became a kind of pilgrimage in a small way, even as I got exercise and the rest of it. Now, that's the kind of thing that happens when we pray the examine, because uh, that that's really an experience of the fifth step of the examine. From looking back over the day, reviewing the spiritual experience of the day, I got a sense of something the Lord was inviting me to do the next day and into the future, and actually for some time into the future. And that's what's going to happen if we pray the examine faithfully. We're going to keep seeing apparently small things like this, but the tapestry of those small things being built into our spiritual life day after day after day, let's say in our relationships at home, in in a marriage or with children or with this person or that person at work, or this situation in my life that can lead in a direction that's not good spiritually and now I see it and I can make choices in the Lord about that. That's what we call renewal in the examine. That's the the seeing in the Lord the steps that we need to take as we go forward. And that, Chris, is why I would say when you asked earlier, is this ever done? It really isn't, which is an enormous blessing because it means we are always being called by the Lord and we can always be growing in the spiritual life. It seems to me, Father Gallagher, that at this point in the with this process of the renewal, that this is where we really can draw into the bigger discernment steps that Ignatius brought forward in the process of the discernment of spirit. That's the be aware, understand, and take action, right? Accepting mm-hmm. what is of God, rejecting what is not of God. Yes, that that's exactly the connection. And that's why we call this whole series a daily prayer of discernment, because that is exactly what the examine can become in our lives. And discernment is really best made, the important discernments, which will come up occasionally in our lives, vocational discernments or career changes or significant choices as regards the family and the rest. Those come up occasionally in our life, but they are made most richly most accurately with a greater sense greatest sense of clarity when they come as key moments within an ongoing tapestry of discernment so that if we are praying with this kind of discerning awareness day after day in our spiritual lives then when those key moments come we're going to be all the more ready for them so that's exactly the link that's why after we speak about discernment of spirits it's very natural for us to move into the examine prayer if you only have 10 or 15 minutes to into which we enter into this daily practice of discernment. What if one of the steps seems to be taking a lot longer than that? Well, that's another very useful question about the examine. Um, what, for example, would I do in the examine if I've set aside 10 to 15 minutes this evening to pray it? And as I begin to pray with the first step, gratitude, I find that my heart really opens up. There's a lot today that I'm really grateful to God for. And my heart wants to stay in that. Uh, It would feel forced somehow to to move beyond that when my heart really feels uh, drawn to dwell in that. But if I do remain in that at length, I'm not going to get to the other steps. What do I do then? That's the question, isn't it, Chris, that... um, that we're asking here. I believe so, yeah. So that does raise uh, some useful questions about the examine. Um, There are five steps. Do we need to pray each of the five every time we pray the examine? 
do we need to pray them in the sequence in which Ignatius gives them? How much time do we spend with each one? Do we spend an equal amount of time with each of these steps of the examine? Or is one of the steps more important than another of the steps? Can all of that vary day by day, or is there something constant about it? That set of questions. Now, what that raises is that there is an inherent logic in the ordering of these five steps. St. Ignatius gives them in this order because there is something fitting to the way we relate to God as we review a day. We begin with gratitude, seeing God's love through his gifts, which is always the starting point. We ask God's help and petition, prepared in that way through the first steps. We review, third step, the spiritual experience of the day and our response. Out of that comes the need to ask God's forgiveness, that encounter in which we are loved and held in our brokenness and need as Jean Vanier says. And then out of the first four steps comes the forward-looking step of renewal. So there's a very clear logic and order in those steps. Mm -hmm. And I think there's wisdom in adopting that in the way we pray the examine. And I would say, perhaps in its own way, if we are new to the examine and beginning to pray it, there's much to be said for following the manual carefully when you're first using a new machine, for example, you know, mm-hmm. or a camera or, or whatever it might be. We don't yet have ease and familiarity and long practice with it. And there is a trustworthy guide. There's a reason why the steps are laid out that way. So it's, it's helpful for us to say that there is much to be said for praying the examine simply in warm dependence on the outline as Ignatius gives it to us. What's going to happen as we do that is... Within those steps, on given days, we're going to feel drawn to spend more time with one or another. And the answer to this, or Ignatius' way of dealing with this, is a sentence in the spiritual exercises in which he says about our personal prayer. And it's different, obviously, if we're at Mass or praying the rosary with a group, prayer that is in common where there's a rhythm that we all follow together, and that's its own strength in that kind of prayer. But when when it's personal prayer and I'm free... He says, in the point in which I find what I am seeking, maybe it's the first point in the examine today of gratitude to God, there I will rest without anxiety to move forward until my heart is satisfied. I want to read that again from St. Ignatius. In the point in which I find what I am seeking, where my heart is drawn, where I'm meeting the Lord, where there's fruitfulness, there I will rest without anxiety to move forward until my heart is satisfied. And that answers most of these questions that we've just raised about the five steps within the 10 to 15 minute period of the examine. Wherever my heart is most drawn on a particular day, there I will rest without anxiety to move forward until my heart is satisfied. So if on this particular day, the whole 10 to 15 minutes is spent simply in gratitude to the Lord for the gifts that he has poured out this day, Or on another day, most of that time is spent reviewing with the Lord a key experience of spiritual consolation or a spiritual desolation where I became disheartened and I know I really need to look at that and see where the Lord is calling me to respond differently and to grow. That will be a wonderful examine. There may be another day in which I'll feel called to simply seek the Lord's forgiveness and I may spend more time in step four. Or another day... Maybe tomorrow something very important is happening, and I know that I need to prepare today. Let's say I'm heading home for um, a vacation time with family members or a holiday gathering 
in the family. And I'm aware there can be certain tensions in these situations. And I really want to live this this time in the Lord Jesus. I may find myself planning with the Lord and preparing with the Lord on how to live that situation the next day so that step five may come to the fore on that day. So that's the basic principle. One of the ways we can say this would be this. Let's suppose here is a road and up the road I can see five houses. Uh And I have a friend who I know is in one of those five houses. I knock on the door of the first house and the friend is there. Why knock on the door of the second, third, fourth, or fifth? when I have already encountered the friend. On another day, the friend may be in the second or third or fourth or fifth. It's just a way of saying that wherever God's grace meets us, wherever our hearts open in fruitfulness within the steps of the examine, Ignatius would say, there I will rest without anxiety to go forward until my heart is satisfied. Now, at this point, if I were doing this in front of a group and we had a whiteboard and on the whiteboard were the five steps What I would do is, above the first of the steps, gratitude, I would write the word transition, and beneath the fifth step, uh, renewal, I would again write the word transition. This is something else that St. Ignatius addresses, and it's important not only for the examined prayer, but really for all prayer. And that is that human hearts, when they are about to enter into a relationship, to a time of conversation and being with another person, need transition time out of what has preceded into the quiet concentration and focus each on the other that allows for deep communication. And they need some kind of space for transition out of that. Now, we don't often think about that. We just do that because that's the way um, human persons are made. If a, a friend calls and we're going to get together for coffee in a coffee shop someplace, what happens when the two meet, obviously they don't just sit down and immediately engage in deep conversation. There are a series of rituals that we do, but they all have their meaning. Depending on the relationship, there'll be a handshake or an embrace. Uh, As people are getting seated, putting coats aside and so on, there'll be rather, rather simple sorts of things. Did you have any trouble getting here? Were you able to get free? Did you get the email that I sent you? And, And those kinds of things. Um, What's happening in those few minutes of transition out of what has preceded the time together and the time of conversation is that the two are setting aside other things and preparing to focus on the actual communication with each other. And we just do that very naturally. And the same thing on the other end as people are getting up. Again, there'll be those simple sorts of rituals that... that, um, create a natural space out of the time of communication together and into what follows. Many difficulties in our life of prayer, I think, come from the fact that we may not always be aware of the need to do the same thing when we are about to enter into prayer with the Lord. As we've said many times, prayer is essentially relationship. Prayer Uh is essentially two persons in communion, the divine and the human. What is unique about that in the case of prayer is that, as Paul says, we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't see God, but in faith we know the Lord is present. So that if we want to make the examine in prayer fruitfully, we will find it very, very helpful to give space briefly to that transition time into prayer, which then allows us to move with greater ease into the first step and the subsequent steps of the examine. Now, the way St. Ignatius did this was profoundly relational. I'll read just a couple of sentences 
that were written by one of his first companions. This was a father, Leinus, who actually became the second general of the Jesuits after Ignatius, a real man of God. And in Ignatius' last years, when he was in Rome, Father Leinus describes watching him at times going up on the, the terrace uh, on the top of the house, uh, which can be a wonderful place in a crowded city to um, let our hearts expand before the Lord with the heavens above us by day or by night. And Ignatius always loved the heavens and the stars. He, mm-hmm. he would go up on the, the roof of the house, would take off his hat, and then standing uh, somewhat motionless, would lift up his eyes toward the heavens just for a short while. And then after doing that, he would fall down on his knees and make a a humble gesture of reverence to God. And then Father Leinus writes, Then he would sit on a bench, for his body's weakness did not permit him to do otherwise. There he was, head uncovered, tears trickling drop by drop, in such sweetness and silence, no sigh, no noise, no movement of the body was noticed. We're on holy ground there, so if I may reverently approach that. You can see what Ignatius is doing. He's about to pray, but he doesn't just enter suddenly into the prayer. There Mm -hmm. is a brief moment in which before he sits in the place of prayer, he stands with his whole being raised on high, his whole mind and heart lifted up, obviously, toward the Lord. And becoming aware of the Lord's love and presence with him, he expresses even physically, kind of like we genuflect when we go into church before the Blessed Sacrament, he expresses physically a gesture of recognition of God's presence and reverence of that presence. And now he's ready to pray. Now, the way Ignatius invited others when they make his spiritual exercises, and this applies to all prayer, to do the same thing, was, he says, when I'm just about at the place where I'm about to pray, so I'm in my room this evening where I'm going to pray the examine, or I've gone into the chapel or church to pray the examine, or even I'm outdoors walking in a place that's quiet enough so that I can pray. As I'm just about to begin that prayer, before I move into that first step of gratitude, he says, I will, for the space of time it takes to say in our Father, they didn't have watches in his day, so it was just a way of giving an indication of a length of time. For the space of time it takes to say in our Father, with my mind raised on high, I will consider how God our Lord looks upon me. And it's that simple and that profound. That is to say that before I begin reviewing, looking at the gifts that God has given me in this day and expressing gratitude, I stop simply to become aware of a relationship, that I am not alone here, that the Lord's gaze is upon me. And I consider what I see in the eyes of God as he looks upon me. If we had a room in which there were two chairs, and there were two people sitting on the chairs, and we'll say that both chairs, maybe just uh, four or five feet apart each from the other, are facing in the same direction, so that one person just sees the rest of the room before him, and the other sees the back of the person before him in the other chair. Now, we can say that those two persons are in some kind of relationship, at least physically, they're only a few feet away from each other, but it's a pretty meager relationship, I would think, uh, we would Uh would easily say. Everything changes when the first person who is simply looking at the rest of the room turns the chair around and now their eyes meet. It's at this point that a real relationship begins. It's at this point that real communion can begin. And that's how Ignatius invites us to pray the examine. 
just for the length of time it would take to say in Our Father, with my heart, my mind raised on high, I will consider how God our Lord is looking upon me, what I see in the gaze of God as he looks upon me. And for Ignatius, there's only one thing that we see, and that is the God whose desire to pour out gifts upon us is so great that we will sooner tire of receiving them than he of giving them, as Ignatius says. There is love for us there. There is welcome for us there. A few years ago, uh, a Jesuit priest wrote an article, Father Robert Marsh wrote an article entitled, about this particular teaching of Ignatius, entitled, Looking at God, Looking at You, which says it beautifully. The title is a, a, a beautiful thing. Looking at God, Looking at You. What if I began my prayer that way? When I pray, any time that I pray, but certainly in our specific setting when I pray the examine. Well, the next question, and these are deep things in the spiritual life, is how do I know what I see in the eyes of God when God looks upon me? St. John tells us in chapter 1, no one has ever seen God. How do I know what is in the eyes of God as God looks upon me as I'm about to begin my prayer? Well, the answer to that question is the answer, the ultimate answer to every question about our faith. We know the answer to that question in the word who took on flesh. And John says, and we saw and we heard and we touched. Jesus Christ has made God known. He has God who has come into our world in the flesh. And so we can rephrase that same question by saying, what did those who approach, approached Jesus in the Gospels see in his eyes when their gaze met, when their eyes met? What did they see there? What, for example, did the woman in Luke chapter 7, who goes into the Pharisee's house, never says a word, but pours out her need through her tears and her washing of Jesus' feet with her hair, what does she see when their eyes meet? Some of the movies of the life of Jesus have shown this powerfully, the moment when their eyes meet and her, her life is changed. What does Nathaniel, for example, see in the eyes of Jesus, in John chapter 1, when Jesus looks upon Nathaniel and Nathaniel marvels, how do you know me, that he is so deeply known and his life has changed? Or when Jesus walks by the tax collector's bench and the gospel tells us he saw Levi and that look changes his entire life. Or, for example, in uh, Luke chapter 7, the widow whose son has died and the gospel simply tells us that Jesus saw her. What does she see in his eyes as her son is brought back to life and her tears are turned into joy? And we could go on with this. If I may, I'll just share my own way of praying. For many years now, I've done this, mm -hmm. this transitional moment into before I begin step one, when I consider how God our Lord is looking upon me for the space of time it takes to say in our Father and so on. And I use a verse from Mark chapter 10 when the young man stands before Jesus. And the gospel says, Jesus looking upon him, loved him. Jesus, looking upon him, loved him. And I let that verse tell my heart how Jesus is looking upon me as I come to this prayer with whatever is in my heart. Even as I say this, I'm thinking of that moment when uh, Peter has uh, denied the Lord three times, and his heart is filled with the burden and the bitterness of that. And the gospel tells us Jesus looks at Peter and Peter's tears begin to fall, and the process of healing begins then, which will be sealed in that threefold question after the resurrection, do you love me, feed my sheep? Whatever is in our hearts, as we begin the examine prayer, Ignatius invites us 
to take that brief space of time to consider how God our Lord is looking upon me as I come into this prayer. This is so important that there are some authors who consider this a first step of the examined and would, would want to say that there are six steps to the examined because it's a way of saying how valuable and helpful this can be as we begin the examined prayer. I would sense that in this spiritual exercises, we can understand the need for a warm-up and a cool-down. I mean, almost you know, like you're, you're walking up to the mountain to encounter God like Moses, and then you've got to come down. It's something that is kind of built into us, isn't it? It, it is, we, and we all know that in other aspects of our lives. It's just the way our human nature works. If we're going to exercise, we warm up before we do it, and we have some way of cooling down um, and settling down afterwards. If a singer is going to sing, she has warm-up exercises, and she'll have a routine for what's good for her voice afterwards. As we mentioned, relationally, whenever we get together, uh, we always do that. It's just the way our humanity is built. And the beauty of our spiritual tradition is that we have masters like Ignatius and others. Uh, I would say Ignatius' gift, amongst other gifts that he has, is to be able to put things simply and usably for us all. We have masters in our spiritual tradition who recognize these needs and can suggest to us simple and effective ways of meeting them. And when we do that, when we respect the rhythm of our, rhythms of our hearts, when we respect the way human hearts work, are built, then prayer becomes easier. As I said, a number of difficulties in prayer, you know that sense when you start to pray and you just feel some days like, I just can't get into this, I can't get started? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then I would uh, warmly suggest trying for the space of an Our Father to consider the love with which God our Lord is looking upon me, and then see what happens. When I teach this as a seminar with a group, what I always do at this point is stop, and I invite the participants to take maybe 10 to 15 minutes and choose one or two or more, if they wish, of these biblical figures. We've named a number of them from the Gospels, people who meet Jesus. And just take a few minutes to consider what this person sees in the eyes of Jesus. Mm. Peter, Nathaniel, Levi people who come seeking healing or whose lives are burdened with sinfulness, Zacchaeus, and so on. What do they see in the eyes of Jesus? And then let that, take that to your examined prayer. I'd almost like to suggest that to any of us who are, are listening to um, these conversations. That might be the best way to begin to discover the richness of this transitional moment. You know, it seems, Father Gallagher, that, you know, this really uh, puts it, the emphasis on the fact that we are engaging in something that is an act of our will and not something that we just do because we feel uh, there's a feeling connected to it. That with having an opening and then entering into it and then a closing, it is the exercise. It is a gentle structure, an act of the will to reach out to the one we love. It is, uh, and that's most deeply what that's when we speak of union with God. That's what we're speaking of it becomes easier to move into that space where will meets will, where will is united to will. And that, that's what Ignatius is really doing. That's the, the final structure then of the examine is that transitional space, I will consider how God our Lord looks upon me, the five steps, and that brief conclusion with the Our Father. And it really mm -hmm. is conformed to what the human heart desires and needs. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. 
to hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher.